Welcome to Back to Health, your source for the latest in health, wellness, and medical care, keeping you informed so you can make informed healthcare choices for yourself and your whole family. Back to Health features conversations about trending health topics and medical breakthroughs from our team of world-renowned physicians at Weill Cornell Medicine. I'm your host, Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Dr. Norman Latov. He's a professor of neurology at Weill Cornell Medical College, and he's here to give us an overview of idiopathic neuropathy today. Dr. Latov, it's a pleasure to have you join us. Can you tell the listeners, what is idiopathic neuropathy and how is it different from other types of neuropathy? What does idiopathic even mean? Well, neuropathy is a general term used to describe anything which damages the peripheral nerves and can cause weakness, sensory loss, and pain. There are many, many causes. When we can't find a cause or don't know the cause, we call it idiopathic. It's a fancy way of saying we don't know. (laughs) And it obviously presents a dilemma for both the physician and the patient. We don't really study things we don't know very much. So the physicians, there aren't guidelines as to how to manage it, and patients are left not knowing what they have or what to expect. One of my patients actually aptly called it a combination word of idiotic and pathetic. But still, we have to figure out a way of what to do if one has idiopathic neuropathy. So We don't know the cause. We don't know about it, as you say, and I love that little kind of moniker. But are there risk factors for developing any sort of neuropathy, whether it's diabetes or peripheral vascular issues? Tell us about some of the risk factors for neuropathy itself. As we mentioned, there are many causes. The most common is diabetes, and other causes are less common. There are infectious causes, autoimmune causes, Cancer can do it. There are nutritional causes, toxic causes, drug-induced, and some are hereditary. So having any disorder affecting those systems can result in neuropathy, and we usually screen for all these conditions in someone in the course of evaluation of their disease. Well, as you're evaluating, for patients that might suffer from diabetes or have some of these issues you just mentioned, What are some of the symptoms that they might even notice for neuropathy and potential complications that can arise if it's not looked into? Well, neuropathy affects both motor and sensory function, and presentation can be very varied. But if you ask 10 patients about what symptoms they have, you may get 10 different answers. But if you get 100, you get the same 10. And they usually involve spontaneous sensations, which can be annoying or painful, Sometimes it sounds strange, uh, burning sensations, stinging, itching, stabbing, electric-like sensations. One can develop weakness in the legs or arms. Sometimes that's obvious, and sometimes it's more subtle, such as the legs feel heavy, or it's more difficult to go up and down stairs, or the legs tire more easily when you walk with other people and you tend to lag behind. And any of these could be symptoms of neuropathy. And there are other conditions which cause these too. So evaluation includes sorting out where the symptoms originate and finding the underlying cause. And once you've done that, what can you do for someone that's suffering from some of these symptoms? Well, if you find the underlying cause, most of those are treated. And then the neuropathy can improve, sometimes completely, sometimes partially, but at least it shouldn't get worse. It's rare that the neuropathy progresses without being able to find a cause, but that does happen on occasion. Sometimes that's because the cause hasn't been 
looked for hard enough or some tests have been missed or sometimes because we just don't know enough. So when we find the underlying cause, we treat that. Once that's treated, if people are still symptomatic, then there are treatment for the symptoms. So for people with weakness, physical therapy is usually helpful, orthotics, other aids to mobility can help. And for sensory symptoms, which are painful, there are medications that treat neuropathic pain. It's a matter of trial and error, but most people could be helped. And what can we do for ourselves? Dr. Latov, when we're talking about managing some of these, and if someone has diabetes or some other condition, what are some of the things you recommend to your patients as far as lifestyle changes that can help improve their condition and possibly even help them prevent from occurring in the first place? Well, first, it's important to get the proper evaluation, diagnosis, and treatment. After that, we really don't have any medications which help the nerves regenerate. So the body does have some regenerative capacity, however, and we need to optimize that. So staying healthy, not being overweight, getting enough sleep, eating well, getting rest and exercise, all those things help the body overcome the neuropathy and help regeneration. And that's so interesting, too, because regeneration of nerves, that's an interesting topic in itself. If you were to give one key message, Dr. Latov, to listeners that have diabetes or another condition that predisposes them to a type of neuropathy, what do you tell them? What would you like them to know? When people come down with symptoms of neuropathy, which are sometimes strange, it's a frightening situation. They're afraid of whether they're going to be able to not be able to walk or feel things or whether there's some underlying condition which is going to kill them. And it's important to know that in most cases, the neuropathy can be treated and the progression can be stopped and there could be some help instead of improving function and relieving pain. So one has to stay hopeful and make sure that you get the proper evaluation and care. That's great information, and thank you so much, sir, for joining us today and giving us information on something that maybe not a lot of people know about, but really could cause some serious complications if left undetected. So thank you so very much for joining us. And while Cornell Medicine continues to see our patients in person, as well as through video visits, and you can be confident of the safety of your appointments at Wild Cornell Medicine. That concludes today's episode of Back to Health. We'd like to invite our audience to download, subscribe, rate, and review Back to Health on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And for more health tips, go to wildcornell.org and search podcasts and parents don't forget to check out our Kids HealthCast. So much great information there. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for joining us today. Every parent wants what's best for their children. But in the age of the Internet, it can be difficult to navigate what is actually fact-based or pure speculation. Cut through the noise with Kids HealthCast, featuring Wild Cornell Medicine's expert physicians and researchers discussing a wide range of health topics, providing information on the latest medical science. Finally, a podcast to help you make informed choices for your family's health and wellness. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars. 
All information contained in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes. The information is not intended nor suited to be a replacement or substitute for professional medical treatment or for professional medical advice relative to a specific medical question or condition. We urge you to always seek the advice of your physician or medical professional with respect to your medical condition or questions. While Cornell Medicine makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast, and any reliance on such information is done at your own risk. Participants may have consulting, equity, board membership, or other relationships with pharmaceutical, biotech, or device companies unrelated to their role in this podcast. No payments have been made by any company to endorse any treatments, devices, or procedures. And while Cornell Medicine does not endorse, approve, or recommend any product, service, or entity mentioned in this podcast, opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not represent the perspectives of Wild Cornell Medicine as an institution.